kingdom kids, you are dismissed. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus I just want to speak the name of Jesus Till every dark addiction starts to break Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is
God, we come before you humbly now and, and thank you for the truths that we, we just sang. Thank you that you are who you say you are and we are who you say we are. Thank you. Speak to our hearts and minds as we hear from your word this morning. Draw us near to you. Refine us. Make us more like you. Help us, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Whoa. Surprise. We, we, did, we, didn't get a, we didn't get a chance to do a sound check. Yeah, no. Happy Mother's Day. In, in an ongoing effort to make Mother's Day at church not the same old thing, uh, every, every year, um, every year I plead with God, help, help me to find a way to make a Sunday morning Mother's Day service something that will be interesting, meaningful, won't turn people off or feel like I heard this message 20 years ago. Maybe you did, but you've never heard it this way. And, and so as we were praying about that and planning for that, uh, I convinced Kelly, my better half, my better third, <laughs> if, uh, if, you, if she would help me um, deliver a Mother's Day message to the Harmony family. So if you're listening, if you're watching online, if you've never met me or my wife, this is my wife. Kelly, our very special guest presenter. Kelly, go ahead. So this morning, we are not preaching, we are teaching. <laughs> so I also just want to say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms that are here today. So thank you. If you are a first-time mom, since last Mother's Day, you became a mom, I want you to stand up. I know. Oh, no, we've got to stand up. That's right. All right. Yay. 
so, so these ladies have the, that glow of first motherhood, right? Um, just one child, and if they've taken the number one advice, which is to sleep when the baby sleeps, right? Um, that's what gives them that glow. All right, if you are a mom and you still have kids at home, I want you to stand up. Even if your kids are adults still at yeah. home. Yeah. All right. Okay. These, for the most part, these are our tired moms, right? Yeah. Your work never ends. You go to bed with a, you know, you think you caught up on the laundry, and the next day it's, the, it's a mountain again, right? All right. So thank you. Now, if you are an empty nest mom, I need you to stand up. All right. All right. So, so they now have they now have the bathroom to themselves, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but these moms are struggling. We're struggling to figure out how to be a mom to adult children. Yeah. That's difficult, right? But the one thing that every single one of these moms would say to those that stood up earlier is, "Hey guys, the days are long, but the years are short." So whatever stage you are at, enjoy it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we just want to say again, you know, happy Mother's Day. Um, moms are selfless. They love unconditionally, and they have such an important role. They are raising our children to be good adults and, most importantly, to love Jesus. And that, that's a tough job. We also want to acknowledge that there are some here that are struggling today because maybe you've lost your mom and today stirs up a lot of sadness for you or maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your mom and so today stirs up a lot of hurt maybe you've lost a child and today your heart is broken up you know broken again maybe you aren't a mom and you've always desired to be a mom but for whatever reason God didn't answer that prayer of yours so today is just another reminder that those unfulfilled dreams that you had and maybe you didn't even want to be here today because you knew it would just be a reminder of that but we're thankful that you are here and what I want to do right now is I just want to pray for those that are struggling today dear God I just want to lift up my brothers and sisters who who are here today and maybe feeling sadness or, or hurt. Father, we just sang about an amazing God that we have that can speak into that sadness, can speak to those broken hearts. And Father, I pray that they would feel your presence like a warm blanket wrapped around them. I, f I pray that they would understand that you are closer to them than any friend that you are as near to them as that breath that they are exhaling. Father, help them to, to find peace and comfort in you today. And Father, I also pray for this message today. Lord, I pray that you will calm my racing heart. Father, I pray that you will give us clear thoughts and clear words to communicate to our family here at Harmony. And I pray this in your precious son's name. Amen. Amen. There's a category of moms that uh, I also wanted to, um, to call out, and that is the single mom who is doing the job of two parents. And everything that we say about moms being exhausted, 
a single mom, maybe, the, maybe you're working one job, maybe you're working two jobs, maybe you're bringing your child to work, you're dropping your child off with a relative or someone to care for your child while you work so that you can take care of yourself and your family. Uh, if you're a single mom, God bless you. You're doing a wonderful thing. And uh, we, we admire and acknowledge what you're doing. Now, this is an acrostic sermon, and you've heard acrostic sermons. If you've been in church a minute, you've heard an acrostic sermon. I've, I've heard acrostic sermons, especially on Mother's Day, since I can remember being in church on Mother's Day. But you've never heard an acrostic message like this one. This one has a twist. We also acknowledge that on Mother's Day, we're going to be talking about six qualities or characteristics that many of us see in the mothers in our lives, whether it's our own mother or the mother of our children. Uh, maybe uh, you have a sister who's a mom. Maybe you're, you're thinking about your aunt who is a great mom, or maybe you have a daughter who's a wonderful mom. And we're, we're talking about qualities that we see clearly in mothers. However, these qualities that we're talking about this morning, they don't just, moms don't have a corner on this market. These are qualities that I think really God wants to see in all of us. But he shows them to us by giving us mothers who live these qualities out in front of us. So Kelly's going to get us started with the first so, so our M stands for model. Um, we have a responsibility to model Christ. So we model Christ to our children, to our extended family, to our coworkers, our neighbors, anybody that's in our circle, we have a responsibility to model Christ to them. And we teach by our example. We witness by our example. So here's a personal testimony of a time that I failed miserably on this. Um, I'm a commuter, and when I first started commuting, um, I realized that the speed limit was a suggested speed limit. <laughs> and I very quickly realized that if you, you know, you can get there quicker if you stay in the left-hand lane, but if you're going to stay in the left-hand lane, you've got to drive as fast as everybody else is driving in the left-hand lane. It takes too much time to get over, you know, and then back and forth, all that. So I developed a lead foot. Um, and, but... Once you realize that you can drive that fast, you just tend to always drive that fast, whether you're on, you know, whatever. Anyway, so what happened is for about 10 years, my kids sat in a car while I would go the speed that I would go. Now, I was a good driver. I want to say that. Um, I, was, I think if you're a commuter, you learn to be a very defensive driver, right? I knew what was happening all around me. That sounds like I'm making excuses, right? She's an offensive driver. Um, so Best defense is a good offense. Yeah. Anyway. When we put our destination in the GPS oh, yeah. and it says, um, this is your estimated time of arrival, Kelly says, this is the time to beat. I went to... <laughs> yes. And I, I do something that I'm very proud of. Yes. I went to Maine, Holton, Maine. Holton, Maine, eight hours, eight hour drive, miles. And I beat my time. And that's including stops. 
Yes. Including gas. I know. And Again, other okay. Stuff. Let me let me move on. Okay. She's modeling. Yes. Exactly. If so she, if she hadn't been married to me, she would have been a NASCAR driver. Well, if you drive the Taconic and you get good at it, I think you could put me in any race and I could win. But all right, back to my story. Um, so then my kids, my three boys, started driving. So what do you think the first thing I tried to say to them is? Yeah, don't speed. Don't speed. Now, this is why I taught them to drive. <laughs> but the reality was that I had already modeled that speeding was okay and it was acceptable. So now I was faced with a struggle of knowing that that's what I had taught my kids, but knowing that I didn't want them to speed. They were new drivers, you know, they... Anyway... I'm very thankful that my children never had an accident because I would have, to, because of speed, um, because I would have to look at myself and say, that's what I modeled for them. So it was a good lesson for me. So if any of you are younger and, you know, your kids aren't driving yet, I would remember that, that we model, we are constantly modeling for our kids. Um, I do want to now read Titus 2, 11 to 14. Hopefully I can see. Oh, yeah, I can see this. Okay. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. Keep going. It's not up to that. Waiting for our, our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. I think this is a really good scripture to use when we think about modeling. We are to live self-controlled lives. So that means I need to control my anger. I have to control my tongue. I have to control the words that come out of my mouth. I have to control my lead foot. Okay, We are modeling for everybody else. We need to live upright and godly, eager to do what is good. How many of you remember the WWJD movement? Okay, so a number of us. Remember, we, did you all have your little band thing that said WWJD? Okay, how many of you ever read the book In His Steps? Okay, if you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it. It's an awesome book. But basically, it's the same principle. So in the story, a pastor... Um, is convicted to ask himself every single time, what would Jesus do? And then it, 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 he, he challenges his church to do the same. And lives are transformed. The church is transformed. And as a result, the community is transformed by just asking one simple thing. What would Jesus do in this situation? We are to be salt and light. If our lives don't, aren't drawing people to us, there's something wrong with what we are modeling. Back to you, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do in some of the circumstances that are happening right now in our communities? Mm -hmm. I mean, right now. Before, before you form your opinion about what you have just heard on the news, about things that are happening right now in our own community, before you form your opinion and before you make any action, I challenge you to ask yourself, 
if Jesus were here to advise me, and if Jesus were the voice that I listened to before I form my opinion, what would Jesus say about this situation? What would he be doing? And have, have I got the courage to follow that example in that, in that book, In His Steps, written by Charles Sheldon? If, you, if you're going to get a hold of that book, please do. The pastor says, ask yourself this question, what would Jesus do? And then purpose in your heart to do it, no matter what it costs you. No matter what it might cost you, once you know what Jesus would do, do that and see what happens. Ready to move on to the letter O. O, mothers are other focused. You see the word other is right there in the word mother. Mom is the one who cares for the newborn infant, right, Mom? You're the one who feeds her, soothes him, changes her, bathes him, wakes up in the middle of the night with her, walks the floor with him until they fall back asleep. Even if the child is now five years old, moms are light sleepers, aren't you? You hear that midnight cry. You might reach over to the guy in the bed next to you and say, hey, it's your turn. <laughs> and he rolls over and says, I love you, hon. <laughs> Mom puts the needs of her children, her husband, ahead of her own. She's aware that she's doing this. Sometimes, sometimes, Mom might have moments when she wishes that someone else would get a little bit of others focused in her direction. Hint. <laughs> she might feel frustrated. She certainly feels exhausted, even at times angry. And yet she continues to put the others in her life ahead of herself. Paul writes in Philippians 2, verse 3, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Moms seem to do this instinctively, naturally. But it isn't. None of us are born unselfish. It's something that, that develops in us, some more so than others. Moms, today I hope that someone in your life is thinking other-focused and putting you and your needs and your dreams and your interests first, even for one day. But I hope you don't have to wait a whole, another whole year mm -hmm before that happens again. And I also want to say to the mothers and to everyone who is others-focused, because there's a lot of people here who are others-focused, you're part of what makes Harmony who we are. 
You're part of what makes this church community a welcoming community to people who come in and are greeted and are welcomed and are made to feel comfortable. Your other's focus is a big part of what makes us who we are, and thank you for being others-focused. Back to you, my dear. Okay. T is thankfulness. I want to read 1 Thessalonians 5.18 right away. We are to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I don't think there's any getting around the all in that verse. Okay, we are to give thanks in all circumstances. So there's no but, there's no except. It's in all circumstances. And trust, I, I know that we all have circumstances in our life where you could say, I don't feel like giving thanks in this. But according to this scripture, we're supposed to give thanks even in the bad circumstances of our lives. Here's something that I think is so interesting, but not surprising. When we express gratitude, our brain releases dopamine and serotonin. I got the dope part. <laughs> <laughs> They're the two crucial neurotransmitters responsible for our emotions that make us feel good. So think about that. The God who formed us created in us these chemicals that when they react together, they make us happy. When we're obedient to his command, which is to be thankful in all circumstances. I think that's pretty cool, right? So he placed these in us so that when we do what's right, we automatically have a happy feeling inside. It feels good. <laughs> so we are commanded to be thankful, which might mean that maybe some of us need to change our focus. You know, when you focus on the, the negative, what do you see? The negative, right? But we have to choose, and it is a choice we have to make to focus on the positive. When we focus on the positive, that's what we'll see. We will see more positive. Also, our emotions are contagious. So if you find yourself in a situation where every, everyone around you is negative, I would say two things. You, maybe you need better friends, um, but also, maybe check yourself. What kind of emotions are you giving off? Maybe you're part of that negativity that's happening. As parents, we definitely need to teach our children to be thankful. We live in a society where it, we're constantly being told that we need the next thing to be happy. It's always the next thing. And we know, as believers, that there is no happiness ever in things Happiness comes from a relationship with, with, with God. But we, as parents, need to teach our children that. It doesn't come naturally. So how do we teach our children to be thankful for everything and in all circumstances, like Scripture says? We have to model it. Mm -hmm. We have to model thankfulness. That's how we teach our kids to also be thankful. So I would really encourage you to strive for an attitude of gratitude. And just see what a difference it can make in your home. Amen. I like what you did there with bringing that back to modeling. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think that's pretty cool about the dopamine and yeah. the serotonin. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool too. But not surprising, right? Yeah. We have a God that created us yeah. perfectly. Yeah. 
we're still discovering all the ways that he has made everything that he has made just so. We wrestled back and forth with the next one, the H word. We talked about helping, but we thought that was off, awfully similar to uh, others focused and some other things. We talked about hoping. We talked about honoring. Uh, but it's my turn. I drew the short stick, so um, I settled on home. The H is for home. Now, I don't want you to immediately, oh, he went with the housekeeper, homemaker, stay-at-home mom. No, 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 no. I don't mean that. I, I, certainly, I certainly don't mean to be dismissive or belittling, but I'm thinking about my experience as the son of one fantastic mother, the husband of another fantastic mother, and um, having seen a considerable number of other mothers in action, it seems to me that mother is the one who takes a house, an apartment, in my childhood for a period of time, a, a tent, and made that into a home. Home is a place where you feel safe, where you, where you feel like you belong. You can always come back home. In our family room, Kelly has uh, displayed on uh, one of the walls this. Is it a plaque? Is it a poster? It's a piece of art. And it says this. One day when my children are grown, I hope they still come through the front door without knocking. I hope they head to the kitchen for a snack and or, slump... Or a diet, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Good Sorry. luck finding a snack in our house right now. <laughs> Unless you like granola, Greek yogurt. Pretzels. Pretzels, yeah, pretzels. I hope they head to the kitchen for a snack and slump on the sofa to watch TV. I hope they come in and feel the weight of adulthood leave them, for they are home. For my children, my door will forever be open. My mother was one kind of a housekeeper, and my wife is a different kind of a housekeeper, but my mother and my wife have created for me, home. And uh, though it looks different, it feels very much the same. When I come home and my GPS says, you're home, <laughs> like I had to be reminded. The, like this says, the weight of adulthood and whatever happened that day is lighter because I'm home. Now, I understand, I understand that dad has had a part in making that home too. I get that. Just there's something, there's, there's a touch that mom puts on that place that makes it feel like home. And um, I want to read uh, this verse from these verses from Psalm 46. I, I, know, I know that it's a stretch to relate these verses to what I'm talking about home, 
but they immediately came to my mind, and so I think that's what I'm supposed to think. God is our refuge and strength, the very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. That's a typo. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. God has created for me a sense of home in that spiritual realm, and he uses mothers to show us what it looks like and what it feels like in our physical, emotional realm. So, mom, H, is for home. Okay, so just an observation here. Have you guys noticed how old school I am? How He's got his iPad, I got my paper. There were tablets in the Bible. <laughs> and also, I, I just want to say, hey, Kim, it looks so cool. You up here rocking out on the guitar. I love that. The, the bass guitar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah that was awesome. Anyway, okay. I'm, I'm trying to fill up time because we are going to be done early today. Well... <laughs> I know we're not done. Don't, don't take that away from them now. Yeah. Let, let it stay empty. Fine. Okay, the next letter is E, and, and we are using the word encouragers, encouraging. Um, we live in a world that takes more pleasure in tearing people down than building people up. Cyberbullying is deadly. Suicide is the second leading cause of death for 15 to 24 year olds. 20% of that age group have thoughts of suicide and 9% of them have actually attempted suicide. What does that say about this broken world that we live in? Um, we, it's a, we're selfish, um, there's despair everywhere. I wanna read 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. I, I love encouragement because the focus is outward. It's not about me. It's not being selfish. It's looking at others. It's building others up, not tearing them down. And I also think about it this way. Encouragement are your words giving grace to someone else. So that grace communicates to others that they are loved, that they are valued, that they're important, that they are seen. There's so much power in our words. So our, our words, we, have to, we need to use them carefully because they could bring death or they can bring life to others. And Dennis has an um, illustration, yeah. an example that he wants to share. So in, my, uh, in all of my years attending my children, my kids' uh, sporting events, and in the years since that I've coached soccer, and uh, most lately in my side hustle umpiring baseball games, uh, I hear parents, I hear spectators encouraging their kids as they play the game. I love it when I hear parents. Uh, I usually hear them from somewhere behind me. They let me know they're there.
And I, I tune out everything they say to me or about me, but I listen to what they say to their children. And uh, some stand out for me because of the way they cheer for their child and his or her teammates, celebrating the smallest successes, whether it's resisting the temptation to swing at that pitch three feet over their head, or even if they just manage to hit a foul ball that trickles down the third baseline, it's as if they just won the World Series. But I've also heard the other, and some of those stand out to me too. In fact, quite recently, uh, there was a father right behind me, right behind the backstop. It was clear to me that his son was the catcher on this team, and this boy probably wasn't even nine years old yet. As soon as he crouched down in front of me, he disappeared from my view altogether. And every single play this boy made, his father criticized. And, and he was already small, but have you ever seen someone shrink right in front of you? I could see his shoulders slumping, I could see his head falling, I could see his discouragement because... His father, his hero, could not say one encouraging thing to him and just constantly criticized him. If he did something right, his father was silent. He only spoke whenever his son did something wrong. There is great power, like Kelly said, in our words. Mm -hmm. Our words, especially parents, our words to our children have incredible power, more than you might imagine. Maybe you've forgotten what it was like to be a small child and listen to your father and your mother talk to you and talk about you. Remember that when you use your words to build your child up or when you use your words to tear him or her down. Encourage one another. This is, again, this is not just for mothers. Mm -hmm. It's not even just for fathers or parents. This is for all of us. Your words have power. Are you encouraging the person sitting next to you or think, parked next to you? Yeah. Think about your coworkers, room. your work environment. What a difference you could make if you were speaking words of encouragement to others. We ready for R? Are you ready for R? I bet you are. <laughs> we struggled with R again. It was even harder than the H. First we were talking about resting, but then I said, that's the last thing that mothers want to hear about. That's the thing they get the least amount of. <laughs> Don't talk to me about resting. We talked about restoring. That would, be a, that would be good. Refreshing, renewing, and several other variations on that theme. But we finally settled on Kelly's last suggestion, rejoicing. My own mother set the tone for our family as we grew up. Uh, you have heard me share some of the difficulties of... Uh, uh, that our family faced. Um, I, I'm not going to review them today. Um, 
our family endured some, some tragic circumstances, some difficult times. But my mother's philosophy was, you might as well laugh as cry. And not to say that we never shed a tear in our house, but tears always gave way to laughter. We did that consistently. I will just share with you one memory. We were all together as a family after a family funeral. And uh, the funeral service was over, the graveside service was over, the meal was over, all of the uh, relatives from away had, had left and gone home. And uh, here's, here's um, my two older brothers and me and my two younger sisters. And um, we're just kind of wandering around town. We made our way down to the uh, sports fields at the school and we, we decided to see if we could invent a game. We invented uh, two games, actually. The first one we called... Well... <laughs> there was a set of bleachers next to the football field and we noticed that one of the seats a plank, uh, we could slide through the brackets that held it until the end of the, be- the, the plank stuck out like a diving board. And um, a couple of us had been divers on the s- swim team, and uh, there was some snow on the ground, and so we... We invented this game we called Bleacher Bounce. It was a short-lived game. (laughs) And uh, because of equipment failure, we abandoned it. (laughs) But that led us to the second game. There was an equipment shed there on the side of the field, and we found a playground ball. And uh, we started uh, tossing the ball up onto the roof, and uh, it was sort of like a volleyball game, an elimination game. And uh, every time you missed, you got to, uh, another letter of your, the name Ashley, and when you got the letter Y, you were out. And we called that game Barn Ball, and uh, that game stuck. We even managed to pass that game on to our children. Uh, all three of my sons have won the annual barn ball tournament. <laughs> There's a playground ball that has everybody's name on it and the year that they won it. I have never won. And <clears throat> one, of the, one of the features was the first time we were outside, it was, it was in the winter season because it was snowy, None of us had brought uh, winter clothing, so we went to my father's dresser and closet and pulled out anything that we could find that we could wear outside, including socks for mittens, and we all looked ridiculous, and so part part of the game of barn ball is to dress in the most ridiculous costume, and uh, before we begin the tournament, um, we 
perform the national anthem with kazoos. <laughs> and that, that has been one of the ways that we found to rejoice even in difficulty. And uh, my mom, who Kelly, Kelly met, but she was already with the Lord before our oldest son was born, my mom taught us the importance of rejoicing. And uh, mothers uh, are often the cheerleaders of your family, teaching you all how to rejoice. And that's something that we all need to work on and practice. The verse that I've chosen for, for this letter is Psalm 30, verses 4 through 5. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor for a lifetime. Weeping might tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And when I shared that verse with Kelly, she had a great observation about that. Would you share oh, that? Oh, shoot. Um, I know, but... Oh, it's not up there. The, the, yeah, it's the verse. Weeping oh, the may, anger? And yeah, his anger. Yeah, that one. You can tell we didn't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just mentioned, I thought the part about his anger is but for a moment. And I thought that was also very appropriate as, as individuals, right? Our anger should be for a moment. It should quickly pass. And uh, though weeping might tarry for the night. Look, every family, every family has its moments we have some families right now who are part of us who are going through difficult moments. Uh, today's, today's worship service feels kind of raw. I don't mean that in a, a negative way. Just, just there are things that we're dealing with right now. Uh, a number of our families are, are working through some things right now. Um, there's a family who, we, we, celebrated, we celebrated moms who are enjoying their first Mother's Day. There are some families, there are some people right now who are spending today knowing this is probably the last time they will celebrate Mother's Day with their mother. And uh, people are going through things, so are you and so am I. We've said this before, everybody is either coming out of a struggle or in the middle of a struggle, or about to head into a struggle. And um, rejoicing, even in the struggle, is what, for me and for my family, gets me through the struggle. And it's the thing that separates us from those people who go through life with no hope. Like Paul said, that we sorrow not as those who have no hope. Because even though we have times of weeping, God has etched his joy into the depths of our souls. And we can always find it because our joy is not from the circumstances and the things of this world. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Mm-hmm. You have anything you want to say in closing? I just want to encourage us, as you've listened, thankfully, 
politely and kindly to what we've had to say to you this morning. As you've thought about these six qualities or characteristics, maybe you've thought about how you have seen them in your mom, how you have seen them, uh, husbands, how you have seen them in the mother of your children. I want you to think about how you demonstrate these qualities yourself. How do others find them in you? Whether you're a mother or whether you're not a mother, can other people find these qualities in you? Because God wants them to be visible. God wants his joy to be seen through us as we seek to model what it is to be a child of God. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Let's pray together. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to celebrate mothers and motherhood and what we have learned from our mothers. Thank you for the examples that so many have set for us. I pray, Lord, that you will help us to honor mothers, honor Mother's Day, not only by spending time and if our mothers are still living, a phone call or a, a dinner or a visit or a gift or all of the above, but to especially honor them by faithfully continuing to model the things that they modeled for us. I ask your strength and your help as we do so. And Lord, again, we lift up all of those for whom today, Mother's Day, is anything but uh, a cause for celebration. We give you thanks and we pray, especially right now for the Scar family. Watch over them and help them in their moment of difficulty. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Would you stand with us as we close?
precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that Thou art with me, wilt be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I've proved Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him for Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust Him more. Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Father God, we're so grateful this morning just to be here as we celebrate our mothers, got that challenge that for us to, to look at what we're modeling, even as fathers, as we're modeling that relationship between our kids and our wives and our kids' mothers, God, that you would just be clear in all that we do, God, that your presence would be felt in our individual lives, our families, our community, God, that we would just strive to, to be changed and be more like you every day. Father, as we leave here to celebrate or to reflect, um, God, I just pray that you go with us. We ask these things in your name. Amen.